Psychology Friends. I'm Kate. I'm Jen. And I'm the other Jen. And we're the Drunk Mythology Gals. Gals. (laughs) Uh, Now Kate's trying to do it. No, I was, I was, I was doing my usual Drunk Mythology Gals. Like I'm going to be the fucking metronome for this group. I jumped in before you were even done saying, and we're the. I know, and I just kept speeding up. Because I'm like, oh, this is how she's going to play it this week. <laughs> I feel like Jen and I are just playing like a game of rock, paper, scissors, basically. It's, and it's so spy much fun. Spy. It's so fun. I love and, like, it. This is really the, the Ravenclaw mind, if you think, because like I am like trying to like think, no, how is she thinking today? How What, what will be her mode? Like, that's how I'm I'm trying to anticipate and, and what she'll do. And you get to the point and where it's I'm doing so the meta. same thing. Yeah. I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm thinking, okay, what is she going to expect that yeah. she thinks that I'm going to do? What is, what do I think what is she that thinking she that thinks, I think she's that, I'm thinking thinking. that I'm thinking? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't know what Kate's thinking. I'm thinking I'm just going to sit here and do the drunk mythology gals. I'm like, you guys, because honestly, watching you two troll each other is just it, it brings tears of pure joy to my eyes. I, I love it. I have so much fun with it. It's so fun. <laughs> so uh, we should start off real quick by uh, sharing our offerings to Odin. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have um, the last of the candy corn from last week. I have that. And I have... <laughs> Giving him leftovers. Great. I'm sure Odin really appreciates that. No, it's, yeah. I saved extra for this week. That's oh, what we're going to go with. Okay. I like you, you set cheap. it apart. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you saved it for him. I saved it for Odin. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this wait here until the next recording with you know. That was very kind of you. Cheap and stale. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure that's the flavor combo he likes. <laughs> Honestly, it and probably I also is. Have, I also have a um, a peanut butter protein bar, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I'll do the whole. Mm-hmm. There's the wrapper. Uh. <laughs> Triggering the Kate rage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this week, uh, I have. Uh, the fact that we have moved to Audio Boom and it was like super easy and I didn't throw anything. So <laughs> I'm offering impressive. I'm offering our new podcast host up to Odin. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because he needs a platform. Look, Loki okay. looks for a rock wherever he lands. Like, he just needs a high point. I'm sure Odin's the same way. Step up on yeah. the back of a wagon. Exactly. <laughs> on a ferry. <laughs> oh, gee. Did um, we lose her? Oh, no, I'm, I'm here. Okay. I'm trying to think what he would appreciate because, I mean, I just have more of my suffering because of him. Uh, I think he appreciates that. Yeah, I, I honestly think that's probably the, the best. <laughs> well, and also, I think we should dedicate your TikTok to him. Yeah. So, yeah. hey, what's your TikTok so everybody can follow it? It's a uh, Lyra Wolf author, and that's L Y R A W O L F. Sure. Right. L Y R A. 
W-O-L-F. Yep. Author. Well, you <laughs> could have put an E on the end of wolf. I People could didn't know. I know. No, that's, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can offer up my TikTok to him. It, uh, yeah, for more of his praise. There you Hopefully go. now you've not just cursed me. Oh, oh, yeah. Hmm. No, I haven't. I because ha- Odin doesn't pay attention to me. He pays attention to you guys, probably. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. until you call him a sad ryecracker, which I hear is not going to this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going. I have no reason to call him a sad ryecracker this week. So yeah. In fact, this week um, I'm not dealing with Odin at all. I am dealing with a Roman ghost story because it's Mm. spooktober oh wait i thought you didn't like the romans i don't fuck the romans but whatever they actually have one of the earliest recorded ghost stories oh now see that's cool yeah and like yes i i went down the rabbit hole of like the history of ghost stories and all of that but we're not gonna do that we're just Kind of lightly brush by it. Okay. Yeah. So sure. So we're keeping it light this week. Is we're that keeping what I'm it light this week. We're just going to need- talk about like dead yeah. people. <laughs> okay. Sounds yeah, fantastic, I'm- doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I need light this week. Um, this is yeah. Yeah. So drinks. I will go ahead and fess up. I have water. That's it. I have. Wow. Welcome I- to my side yeah. of things. I have to go back into a meeting, a virtual meeting, when we finish up recording. Yeah, I have to go grocery shopping, so I had a cup of coffee. (laughs) I'm also drinking coffee. (laughs) Oh! Are we all three sober? Fuck. Damn. This is going to be interesting. This is going to be an episode. (laughs) (laughs) You mean we'll actually, like, stay on topic? Well, right, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> OG, come on. Well, I'm still laughing. Like, I, I'm still thinking about how the last episode I talked about a falcon cloak and somehow we ended up with you guys live Googling how fast cars can drive. <laughs> <laughs> because there's obviously a correlation there. There is. <laughs> well, we were trying to figure out why he wanted the falcon cloak the why speed. would he? It was, it was what is the really airspeed ratio why not look up planes but like why not look up planes like that would have been a little bit closer i thought than cars um i think cars are a better frame of reference to the general everyday <laughs> okay life. ravenclaws i Rain i love though in. i love <laughs> it in i love though how much sense this makes to both of you like you must just be way like more intelligent than me because like <laughs> sorry for trolling no i'm not this, that, no right? you're not <laughs> yeah. so oh. should i then do the disclaimer i think you should <laughs> since i am i am paying attention to the script <laughs> i do read it yeah but why is it jen's cursor that i see there and not what? yours I don't know because I I don't follow it like that. There, do you see it now? Yes, I see it now. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now you just anybody wondering? 
She just highlighted the whole page <laughs> accidentally. It would have been funny if I hit delete. Oh, shit. <laughs> There's such so, a thing called version history, bitch. There is. <laughs> so do not drink and drive. Cars, chariots, eight-legged horses, any of our offerings to Odin. Cars, falcon suits. Falcon suits. <laughs> people wearing falcon suits. No. God's wearing falcon suits. Yeah. All right, (laughs) let's get started. A long time ago, when the world was young. So we're going to start with a Professor Kate moment. I know, you can all groan all you want, but there's actually a legit reason I need to do this. There is never a legit reason for Professor Kate. Well, I'm going to appeal to your Ravenclaw sense of justice because I need to clarify the definition of a ghost story. Okay. Oh. A story that has a ghost in it. No. Yeah. (laughs) It's different. So this comes from the Oxford reference. It's a form of short story designed to provoke dread and unease in its readers by bringing about a crisis in which fictional characters are confronted terrifyingly by spirits of the returning dead. Uh, Dread and unease in the reader or listener or the deliberate purpose of scaring is the difference between a story with a ghost in it and a ghost story as a genre. Hmm. Uh, That's interesting. See, I'm, I can appreciate this. I, yeah. I well, begrudgingly yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. The difference of, okay, what, you know, you have a story that just happens to have a ghost in it. Does that make mm-hmm. it a ghost story? No, yeah. not necessarily. A I ghost mean, story has a whole intent of intimidating or scaring, or as you said, dread and unease. Provoking dread. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so does I mean, me going are... to work every day count as a ghost story? <laughs> <laughs> it could pretty much. Uh, or but... does it also have to have, no, wait, you said it has to have um, an undead uh, spirit. The dead spirit. Spirits spirit of, of the, the returning dead. dead. Return. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I mean, we've seen in myths that there are, you know, apparitions by, you know, the returning dead or ghosts, um, but they're not meant to be scary. They can be, you know, moments of guidance. They can be wisdom. They can be, um, there's actually a Roman play (laughs) where uh, it's used as a comic, you know, a comic trope, you know. So it's, you know, this is... Delib- what we're doing today is ostensibly supposed to provoke dread. Is this going to give uh, me nightmares? No. You sure? Positive. I'm a lightweight I, with scary yeah, stories. Yeah, I I'm positive. You've sat you've sat with me through. <laughs> I, I know. Remember this what is movie. <laughs> okay, this is like some ancient dude showing up at the foot of your bed, going, "What ho, Apollodorus! I bring news from Thebes." Like. You know, that sounds scary, right? Yeah, (laughs) that's about the speed of it. Um, I did lie because I'm Slytherin and I can get away with it. And there's one more Professor Kate moment coming, but only because I kind of have to tell you who wrote this ghost story. All right. Now I'm afraid. No, you just need to be filled with rage. (laughs) 
This is written by Pliny the Younger, not to be confused with his uncle Pliny the Elder. Because fuck you, Romans, his name was literally Plinius Secundus. Second Pliny. He wasn't (sighs) even a son, he was a nephew. Right? Oh, right. Okay. So, well, wait a minute. How is that any different from what we currently have with like Junior and, you know, like. Because it's the Romans. Fuck them. Okay. (laughs) Never mind. Fine. Moving on. (laughs) Moving right along. Pliny the Elder was a famous fucking philosopher, a naturalist, which is what they called a scientist before they had scientific method and an army and navy commander. He actually was famous throughout history because he wrote Naturalis Historia, which, if you couldn't guess, translates to natural history. Oh. But we're not talking about him. We're talking about the younger, Pliny the Younger. (laughs) Alrighty. <laughs> lived from 61 CE to 113 CE. Okay. And he was a lawyer, author, and magistrate for the Roman government. So basically, he was a mid-level management schmuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's famous pretty much only because he wrote a lot of letters that accidentally survived including (laughs) one that describes how his uncle, the elder, died in Pompeii after the explosion of Mount Vesuvius. And the only reason he wrote that letter was because his nosy friend, the historian Tacitus, wanted more detail. Fucking gruesome. Because I've been to Pompeii, and how they died is horrible. Okay, so here's a (laughs) question. I have a question but yeah. maybe i should save it well no questions. i mean you can ask it's cool um how would the nephew know the details uh i is my question making sense it is it Do is we want to dive into that later yeah let's dive into that in a i'm uh, writing my question down okay <laughs> so uh this is not to scale so just don't but i found a picture I, no i can't look at this this is one, not to scale i know you said so but i cannot take it too bad because it's just a photo from my trip to pompeii where we're looking at this storage hall of uh mm-hmm. pithoi or jugs that they've excavated and oh they've got a couple of body casts just shoved away on the shelves like wow and these so the organic material inside had you know disintegrated away and what was left was the volcanic ash cast and so they poured um you know cement or whatever into the, you know, literally man-made casts. <laughs> and that's how they, you know, <laughs> got those bodies. Those aren't actual human bodies preserved in ash. Those are the casts left. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Is that what we're seeing there? hmm Is that l- supposed to be life-size? Mm-hmm. So that means that these jugs are like six feet tall. Yeah. Holy crap. They love their wine. And olive oil. <laughs> and Because there was like, always oil. Remember. There was yeah, always oil. Like, oh my God. That's going to take like 
three people to pour anything out of one of those jugs. Yep. Oh, my God. They would actually tap it at the bottom. And then they would have these little troughs and then they would cork it. Oh. I know. I just ruined it for you. This is like... Because your Ravenclaw brain is now devising a system of pulleys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, there's got to be a more efficient way. And I love the fact that I'm showing you this picture of like, you know, reverse cast charge human remains. And you're like, look at those giant... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, don't, don't worry about the bodies just laying on a shelf, but the jugs... Yeah. Okay. So, how tall are these people back then? What's They're the average between what? like five two and five eight? They're not that short. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Anyway, so these jugs are a, at least five feet tall. Yeah. If not <clears throat> taller. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> but Sorry. aside from the exact size of the pithoi. The whole point is that Pliny the Younger has a taste for melodrama. Who would have thought? Uh, Because literally, if you... So this letter he wrote to Tacitus about the explosion of Mount Vesuvius, I remember reading it back in college and I was like, oh my God, like... It's got people running and screaming and on fire and ash and death. And I mean, obviously that's what happened, but like he, there's a way to talk about it. And then there's the way Pliny wrote about it. Okay, so, so maybe a screenwriter before his time. Right. Frustrated screenwriter <laughs> ends up in middle management. Never heard of that one. Um, so anyway, the letter he wrote is called, hold on, because the title is amazing. Letter to Sura. Who was Sura? He was a Roman senator from Hispania, which is Spain, and we don't give a fuck about him. Oh, okay. But wait. No, we don't give any fucks. He's writing to Sura, but the whole point was that Tacitus asked for the information? About Vesuvius. The letter that we're going to talk about with the ghost story is called Letter to Sura. We've moved on. We have moved on. (laughs) You're still like literally examining the height. I know. I am. I am. I keep scrolling back into the picture. (laughs) And I'm like, you are calculating the volume by weight. (laughs) Anyway, pull your mind back to this ghost story because, yeah. Okay. So So the ghost story audience is Sura. Yes. All right. And I'm not sure why he's telling this story. Maybe you'll have some guesses at the end. So he starts his letter to Sura by asking if he believes in ghosts. Okay. He then proceeds to tell two quote unquote true ghost stories before he reveals that a true story happened to his family. Basically, he's the fucking poster child for confirmation bias. Okay. Like, do you believe in ghost stories? Well, you know, I heard this and I heard this. And did I tell you that this this happened to me? Do you think it could be true? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feel the rage. It's starting to flow. Mm. 
I'm not going to bother with the first story because it's stupid. Like it's, <laughs> it's really stupid. It doesn't have a point. I, I fell asleep trying to read it. <laughs> well, maybe that the was one your problem. I, maybe if you had stayed awake, you would have found the point. Right. I'm pretty sure. Can you even give any like highlight? Is there a? It's about a general in Africa who sees this woman appear before him, who's like, "Bitch, you're gonna die," and he's like, "Oh shit, I gotta get out of Africa," and so he like leaves, and then surprise, he dies. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, do you really want to go deep into that one? Well, (laughs) come on, Kate. Every writer has to start somewhere. I'm pretty sure that (laughs) this is the reason. I thought that was a shocking twist. Do we need to bring up a story written by a certain, what, eight or 11 year old Kate about eight. a dinosaur? I was, I was eight. Do we need I was to- a very young eight year old when I wrote that. So let's put those two stories side by side. You know, hmm? Hmm? did the general <laughs> travel through a time portal back to prehistoric time? I don't think so. And. Uh, if anybody is curious, we are referring to the Patreon episode where we reveal that I might have accidentally written dino porn <laughs> as a kid. It was no accident. <laughs> you weren't even born. You didn't know. So, I just, I know you. That's enough. Right? <laughs> All right. But the story that's actually kind of fun, I guess is about a guy named Athenodorus who had some really bad luck with an Airbnb. Okay. And Athenodorus was a Stoic philosopher from Tarsus, which is modern Turkey, who was one of Emperor Octavian's teachers. Fun fact, he taught Octavian to recite the alphabet before speaking in anger. Like, that really worked for Octavian. Anyway, okay. Athenodorus finds this fine Airbnb listing, prime real estate in Athens, great neighborhood, three bedrooms, two chamber pots, a private garden, the whole deal. Super cheap, which means it's time for a group reading. Oh, (laughs) Oh, you're going to love this. All right, so I'll start. There was at Athens a large and spacious but ill-reputed and pestilential house. In the dead of night, a noise resembling the clashing of iron was frequently heard, which, if you listened more attentively, sounded like the rattling of fetters. At first it seemed at a distance, but it approached nearer by degrees. Immediately afterward, a phantom appeared in the form of an old man, extremely meager and squalid with a long beard and bristling hair, rattling the shackles on his feet and hands. I didn't realize we were reading a Christmas carol. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is new. Nothing. Uh, the, the poor inhabitants consequently passed sleepless nights under the most dismal terrors imaginable. Okay. <laughs> you weren't kidding about the melodrama. <laughs> this says it broke their rest, threw them into distempers, which as their horrors of mind increased, proved in the end fatal to their lives. Wow. <laughs> you really I mean, were right. I was doubting you. As opposed to just fatal. But fatal to their lives. Anyway, yeah. Okay. 
For even in the daytime, though the specter did not appear, yet the remembrance of it made such a strong impression on their imaginations that it still seemed before their eyes, and their terror remained when the cause of it was gone. So they're reliving it while they're awake in the daytime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> By this means, the house was at last deserted, as being judged by everybody to be absolutely uninhabitable, so that it was now entirely abandoned to the ghost. However, in hopes that some tenant might be found who was ignorant of this great calamity, they put it up <laughs> on Airbnb. Uh, a bill was put up giving notice that it was either to be let or sold. It happened that Athen Athenodoros, the philosopher, came to Athens at this time and reading the bill ascertained the price. The extraordinary cheapness raised his suspicion. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing because changes. you know what that's like on Airbnb. You're like, really? Yeah. Is that right? camera angle? <laughs> yeah. Nevertheless, when he heard the whole story, he was so far from being discouraged that he was more strongly inclined to hire it and, in short, actually did so. Oh, okay. Wow. Come at me, bra. He's right? like the Zach Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. When it grew towards evening, he ordered a couch to be prepared for him in the forepart of the house. And after calling for a light, together with his pen and tablets, he directed all his people to retire within. But that his mind might not, for want of employment, be open to the vain terrors of imaginary noises and apparitions, he applied himself to writing with all his faculties. The first part of the night passed with usual silence. Then began the clanking of iron fetters. However, he neither lifted up his eyes nor laid down his pen, but closed his ears by concentrating his attention. Dude does not have ADHD. Mm -mm. <laughs> the noise increased and advanced nearer till it seemed at the door and at last in the chamber. He looked round and saw the apparition exactly as it had been described to him. It stood before him beckoning with the finger. Athenodorus made a sign with his hand that it should wait a little and bent back again to his writing. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he totally did the Please hold. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. He's like, hold up, be with you in a second. Like wow. literally. And oh, that's yeah, awesome. There is literally an illustration from 1900 uh, of the Greek Stoic philosopher Athenodorus rents a haunted house. And this is Athenodorus confronts the specter. I'll put it in our uh, post this week. So, yeah. Very cute. Oh, yeah. He does not look frightened. He looks just annoyed that he's being interrupted. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, you're in the middle of a sentence and like someone. Uh -huh. It's a yeah. rude ghost. Yeah. So <laughs> continuing on. <laughs> like, it's me, right? Yep. But the ghost rattling its chains over his head as he wrote, he looked round and saw it beckoning as before. Upon this, he immediately <laughs> took up his lamp and followed it. 
<laughs> the ghost slowly stalked along as if encumbered with its chains and having turned into the courtyard of the house suddenly vanished. What? All right. Athenodorus. Did I say that? Athenodorus, yeah. Athenodorus, being thus deserted, marked the spot with a handful of grass and leaves. The next day, he went to the magistrates and advised them to order that spot to be dug up. Okay, this is some Ravenclaw here. I'm, I'm down with this. <laughs> <laughs> there, they found bones co-mingled and intertwined with chains. See? Yeah. Right? For the body had moldered away by long lying in the ground, leaving them bare and corroded by the fetters. The bones were collected and buried at the public expense, and after the ghost was thus duly laid, the house was haunted no more. The end. He solved the, the problem. End. Yeah. Aw, see? Bring in a Ravenclaw. We got this shit. Yeah. So, it's not the scariest. Especially I'm since terrified. He's, he's like, <laughs> hold up a second. Someone might interrupt me. <laughs> Is that really the truest terror of a Ravenclaw? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sure, you know, with some marshmallows and a campfire, I could do something that'll juice it up for the rest of us. Um, <laughs> but all of this is leading up to Pliny's own, quote unquote, ghost story. And I... Oh, right. Right? I, I have you so much he, right. So he, he's yeah, telling he shared this, too. And yeah, because he's like, I mean, this is reasonable, right? Like, this is real. You know, this happened. I'm not going to inflict the word for word story on you guys because it's again stupid and melodramatic. You get the idea. But basically, a couple of Pliny slaves said that in the middle of the night, figures in white appeared, one of them sitting next to one of the slaves on the bed, and on another night, two of them coming in through the window with, to the room where some other slaves slept. And the figures whipped out some scissors and cut off the slave's hair. Oh, that's it. Okay. That's the ghost story. Wow. <laughs> Even I mean, Pliny struggles a little bit. He's like, uh, yeah, nothing really I happened mean, is, after that. Is this, is this actually Loki? <laughs> right? Uh, it, I, it would have been more fun if it would have been. Um, but because he is a melodramatic uh, self, you know, concerned ambitious little bitch he had to come up with an excuse for himself so i'm going to actually read you the excuse that follows this story of somebody comes in and cuts his servant's hair in the middle of the night um <laughs> so you can share my rage too <laughs> oh boy oh yeah all right nothing remarkable followed unless it were that i escaped prosecution prosecuted i should have been if domitian who was the emperor uh, had lived longer, for an accusation lodged by Cyrus against me was found in his writing desk. Hence, it may be conjectured, since it is a customary for accused persons to let their hair grow, that this cutting of my servant's hair was a sign I should defeat the peril that hung over me. Fuck the I Romans, be fucking it. I didn't even follow end. that. 
I didn't even follow that. Right. So basically he's saying, well, nothing really happened. But hey, you know, turns out like this guy Karis had it out for me and was going to try and like get me prosecuted for something. But because the ghost cut my servant's hair and only people with long hair are, you know, people who are accused of crimes have to let their hair grow. uh, This means that I was going to be okay. Okay. Now return to the Drunk Mythology Gals for part two, questions and shit. Yeah, now questions and shit. We all have questions (laughs) or rage or, you know, (laughs) basically. So I kind of want to start with Athena Doris. Like, yeah, what happened? Like, I feel I'm missing half the story. You mean like what why he wanted to stay there or uh did he get a refund? <laughs> he seemed to have a good time. Like he knew what he was signing up for. Yeah. True. I I think so. This was like one of the first like true crime like like this was at the Netflix of the day. I guess. Yeah, it must have been. But who was buried in the backyard in their I, chains? It sounds like it's a murder to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, because so according to, you know, ancient Greek and Roman death practices, improper burial, like without the two obols for paying the ferrymen mm-hmm. of the dead, you know, and without mourning rights, et cetera, et cetera. That's how you you want ghosts. That's how you get ghosts like cheap out on the obols mm-hmm. and don't bury them properly. You got a ghost on your hands. Hmm. So whoever buried this body clearly knew that they were going to create a ghost. Well, see, that's the real drama there. So what, yeah, right. what is that story? So there was something, yeah. some anger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why and, would they leave? A, a ghost is evidence. Yeah. That's but like Maybe they don't care so much about the ghost because they couldn't really identify it, but it still cursed that person. Well, I mean, the like, ghost wasn't like, hey, I'm Tim. Jack <laughs> murdered me. <laughs> the ghost. Oh, my God. He was a red shirt, wasn't he? <laughs> Cue up Bob. Bob the ghost. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, the murderer was a Slytherin wanting to get caught at some point. Well, so uh-huh. but rationalize here's, here's, it. <laughs> here's the thought. So clearly the murderer was no longer living in the house and had left the house a while before the next set of inhabitants. Like how do we know that? Well, because the poor inhabitants consequently passed sleepless nights under the most dismal terrors imaginable. Okay, so who did Athen Athenodorus pay his rent to? Somebody who owned the house and was trying to rent it out. Okay. So how do we know that's not the murderer? It probably is. I don't know. But just because you own it doesn't mean you were living in it. He's like, ah, I murdered this guy, buried him in the backyard. You know what? Let me get some other people in. And those people died. So they're not going to be able to say anything about the... Maybe, you know what? Maybe they died not of like fatal lack of sleep although there is a familial disorder about that but another time um maybe he murdered them 
Maybe so, this yeah, whole I think we've thing, got a true crime spinoff on our hands here. Yeah, this whole thing was a ruse to create a basically a sideshow attraction. Mm-hmm. Come see my haunted house. Exactly. Who dares? A lot of other people stay? died in it too. Ha ha. Who dares to spend the night in my haunted house? And they exactly. definitely had that laugh. Ha ha. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This was all a marketing scheme. Yep, you're right. A Slytherin did commit the murder. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> this, that's all this was, was marketing. Oh, boy. Yep. Oh. So, yeah. yeah. I think we need to do a little true crime spinoff. Because <laughs> we have questions. No, I think we just answered the question. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, it might have been my really early reincarnation, but there are a lot of Slytherins out there. Not all of us are murderers. I mean, not all of them are murderers. <laughs> or he can slip. Whoop. Anything you'd like to share with the class? Uh, no, in fact, I need to get a haircut. <laughs> okay, you're going to have to explain the hair thing again. I, I just, I'm not grasping it. Yeah, thanks, Pliny, for being so right to the point. Basically, I think he's writing this letter to Sura because what he really wanted to say was, hey, uh, what do you think? Do you think I'm like free from prosecution? Like, do you think I'm the hammer's going to come down on me? I don't think the hammer's going to come down on me because like this is somebody came in and cut my servant's hair. I think because when, from what I read, when you're accused of a crime, you aren't allowed barbering. Okay. So your hair grows. And when you are found innocent, because remember, Roman men wore their hair pretty short. All right. And um, I think he took the sign of his servant's hair being cut as well I won't be growing my hair will I he he's drawing like the crookedest longest weirdest elliptical line okay he he's basically I think asking Sarah so um you know that guy Karis he had a accusation that he was writing and they found it in his writing desk and it was gonna come against me um and if Domitian, Emperor Domitian, uh, had, you know, still been alive, apparently he didn't like Pliny the Younger. And frankly, if I were Domitian, I'd be like, you little annoying little shit. Like, I don't like you either. Um, yeah. So he may be asking a roundabout political question like, you know, I'm safe, right? This sounds like a guilty conscience. You think? So he, if I'm piecing things together, he had a servant in his household that was accused of some crime? No. The servants in his household just had these apparitions come through the window and cut their hair. But why was their hair needing cut in the first place? It was didn't. There... So again, it was probably something like humiliating or something. 
It, it could have been a bunch of pranks among the slaves. Like, you know, it could be somebody with a fetish. <laughs> I don't know. But oh. like, the whole point is that had nothing to do with the political predicament he found himself in with this okay. accusation by this other dude, Karis. Okay. So he's trying vodka today. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to say, this is a sign that I'm innocent and I'm not going to be like prosecuted. Oh, even though it's not related. Okay. Like I had a salad, therefore I'm going to win the lottery. Like that's the kind of logic. Oh, he's wow. Putting together there. Okay. So join me. Fuck the Romans. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I did stumble across some interesting things about ancient Roman barbershops. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm afraid. I'm dive about hair. I'm not going to talk about it now. Okay. I feel I'm like I asked it. you a, a question about hair recently, didn't I? Yeah. We were talking like, about it in the... Um, I think we've talked I about it in a couple of the Norse episodes, like definitely with Sif. And, um, but offline, it came up in some conversation you and I had in like the past week. And I now cannot remember. And we talk so much. It would be so much scrolling to yeah. go back uh, to try to find it. I know we may have mentioned <laughs> it in one of the Zeus episodes. I don't know. But. Any hoozy. Uh, you had a question, Jen, about... I did. Vesuvius. Go boom. Right. So <laughs> so you have the uncle and the nephew. Mm-hmm. The uncle dies, mm-hmm. but the nephew does not. Mm-hmm. How... What is the How nephew's... How does that happen? What is the nephew's basis for the knowledge of his uncle's death? I'm glad you asked. Did I phrase that? Yes, because well. there are uh, three possible. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Damn it. End Damn. of origin stories. <laughs> Damn it, Kate. <laughs> you set me up. I did, and I'm so happy. <laughs> absolutely set me up. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So. All right. The- so, okay, so there's part of the question is the, the dates. You told mm-hmm. us when the nephew was alive, and I'm right. scrolling back in the notes. Pompeii he- was AD 79 or CE 79. Okay. So he was alive when Pompeii happened. He would have been like a teenager. All right. Would have been like 18, I think. Yeah. Okay. So that was that was considered fairly adult. Okay. And where was he in relation to Pompeii? Geographically, where was he? Not in Pompeii. Uh, Okay. Uh, Did anybody? I I don't know. Was there anyone who was in Pompeii that survived that we know? Uh, yeah, quite a few did people survive. escaped. Yeah, quite a few okay. did survive. Um, hang on, let me live googling. 
I, I, no, I'm just looking to see where, if there's anywhere he was. Are you looking for a map? No, I'm looking for where (laughs) Pliny the Younger might have been in 79 CE. That's all. You know, trying to answer your question with precision. (laughs) Whatever. Uh... So did we lose? See. Did we lose OG? Again? No, I'm here. Oh, okay, 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 she's okay. just. I'm just, quiet. I'm just waiting for the live yeah, Google to end. No, no, so <laughs> he said he was in Rome. He was in oh. Rome. So there. I'm not going to ask you how far away Rome and Pompeii are because then you're going to pull up a map without any labels. No, and it's I not can tell be you because and- it it's about um, yeah two and a half hours by train. <laughs> By a slow train, a falcon suit train, a cheetah train, (laughs) a Lamborghini train. train. No, land speed record train. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, um, safe distance away. Twenty-seven years after the eruption of Vesuvius is when he writes the letter to uh, Tacitus. Between right. 25 and 27 years, you know, the dates are a little wibbly-wobbly. Um, okay. But Pliny the Younger provides his account from a group of survivors from – so there's Pompeii, and then there's a little tiny port town next to it, which is actually really the port of Pompeii, but it's called Stabiae. All righty. Yeah, stabby. <laughs> yeah, good luck surviving in a city called Pompeii next to a port town stabby. <laughs> but basically, you would fly, you would escape Pompeii and catch a boat from Stabiae. That was where the port was. So, okay. um, you know, a lot of people were already on boats because it wasn't just like the volcanoes, like la 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 la, go boom, like right. Uh, Volcano was, you know, acting up for a while before that. And it gave most of the rich and powerful ample chance to escape. Uh, Yeah, we're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. With the, you know. Yep. The well-off get the first seats on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. To escape the moon. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) so uh one version is that uh he had been in Pompeii and he got a message from his friend I I I'm just gonna say this name Rectina oh my god no (laughs) You're making that up. I am not. You're making that up. <laughs> yeah. Her name was Rectina, and she oh had been stranded God. in Stabiae during the eruption. And Right? That's such a Monty Python name. <laughs> yeah, was it? Placenta. <laughs> Placentina was her twin sister. <laughs> Daughter of Anula. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Pliny, according to this story, Pliny boarded one of the several galleys uh, 
from across the Gulf of Naples. And as his vessel approached, cinders and pumice began to fall upon it. The helmsman advised turning back, to which Pliny replied, Fortune favors the bold. Oh, my God. <laughs> Steer us to where Pomponius. Sorry, Pomponius. Pomponianus is. <laughs> it's Pomponianus, but whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> Senator Pomponianus. And that's why they had so many jugs of oil. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> trying to make it come full circle. If you're going to go off on these tangents, I have to do something. But I what a rail, breathe. man. Like, really? Rail? You chose that rail to rail? I did. Yeah. So they got off the boat because that's what you do when you're trying to rescue somebody in a burning city. But okay. the winds shifted, so they couldn't leave. So they went back to the Senator Pomponianus's house. <laughs> uh, yeah, but and they hung out there for a couple of hours until the winds shifted again. And then they're like, oh, we should try to set sail again because, you know, the city's on fire. Um, <laughs> the group fled when a plume of toxic gas engulfed them. Pliny, who was a corpulent man, apparently, and suffered possibly from asthma, possibly from heart disease, possibly from- Did you say corpulent? Corpulent. That is how he's described. Basically, he was a fat fuck. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Think Jabba the Hutt in a toga. All right. And I'm going to leave you with that image. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he- uh, died from asphyxiation and was left behind. And upon the group's return three days later, uh, his body was found with no external injuries. Okay, that's one version. Oh. Uh, so he suffocated. The, the other version, this is the one that Pliny the Younger told Tacitus, is... Uh, that basically, um, sorry, this was the version that he told Tacitus. There's another version by Suetonius. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Suetonius. I'm not making these names up. Uh, he wrote Monty that Python Pliny- is making these names up. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Thanks. Thanks, Monty Python. Thanks, John Cleese. Uh, Suetonius wrote that Pliny approached the shore only from scientific interest. He's like, I'm going to observe this volcano. And then asked a slave to kill him to avoid heat from the volcano. I, yeah. Wow. That works. Yeah. So there's, you know... And in this one, they uh, suspect he died from a stroke or heart disease. Another historian in 1967 actually said, you know, there's widespread misinformation about Pliny's death. And his theory is that despite 
his rescue attempt, Pliny never came within miles of Mount Vesuvius, and no evidence has been found that shows he died from breathing in fumes and that he died of a heart attack. So either he was the world's worst rescuer (laughs) and died because he was a fat fuck and didn't think he was going to breathe in volcano fumes, or he died because the boat got too hot because he was observing scientific phenomenon, or he, uh, might have been on the boat, might have been heading towards doing a rescue, but never got there because he's a fat fucking died. Wow. So there you go. Death of Pliny. I'm I'm going <laughs> to speculate the least entertaining is probably the real story. Yeah. And all the others are embellishments to create sensationalism. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And I just scrolled down our notes, and you have a very disturbing picture. Yeah. So. (laughs) uh, What the hell are we looking at? Oh, my God. (laughs) These are the casts of the day. I saw those. That's creepy. That will give me nightmares. Yeah. When you go to Pompeii, they just have those everywhere. Yeah. 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 What? 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 This is called like the Garden of. Yeah. uh, uh, What's it called? It's really eerie. Hang on. It's called... These are just like lying around. Yeah, they have them in, in certain areas. Okay. But basically, like, you'll just be walking around the city and then, like, it'll just be a bunch like that. Garden of the Fugitives. But it oh. means the garden of the people who died fleeing. Okay. So it's like they've... Basically... gardens they could- around the remains that they found? No, they just brought a bunch of those into this one area. Oh, so they collected them. Mm-hmm. Like that said, guy who they saw on the uh, that was on the uh, shelf. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Pod Dog. This is <laughs> and these are not like. Um. So remember, we talked about casting. Barely. <laughs> I, so, the Ravenclaw's kicking in now. Like, these are not subject to the elements? No, they're sheltered. There's, like, if you look in the far upper left corner, there's, like, a little plexiglass thing there. Okay, yeah. So it's it's sheltered. And, okay. you know, they've made other casts of them. Basically, you know. So these, these could are, be fakes. These are plaster. The, okay. The ash that covered the actual humans, the mm-hmm. the human disintegrated inside, just like a right. wax model inside a clay mold. And okay. then the heat from the volcano fired the mold. Oh, my God. And so these are the plaster casts of the people. That's creepy. Yeah. Holy shit. That's creepy as fuck. Right? Happy Halloween. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I'm going to have nightmares, Kate. You said I wasn't going to have nightmares. This is going to give me nightmares. <laughs> well, I said the ghost story wasn't going to give you nightmares. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm calling your ass at 2 a.m. Oh, oh <laughs> I can't hi, sleep. Dog. Hi. Okay. Hi. Hi. Pod dog decided oh he wanted to come sit God. in my lap. Hi, pod dog. Hi, pod dog. 
<laughs> Pee on her, please. <laughs> no, don't hold it. We'll be done in a minute. <laughs> this is so disturbing. Yeah. Usually I would ask, you know, who's drunk, but nobody is. Yeah. Sadly, we're all sober tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Oh so, wow. I guess then that's the for next week. I I'm commandeering <laughs> the podcast again next week. Yeah. Two weeks in a row of Two weeks Professor in a row. Kate. But this is this isn't really like gonna be mythology. It's gonna be a little bit more true crime, paranormal, little bit of ancient style, sketchy god, sex right, caves and dead bodies. I don't know, that sounds like mythology. Um, well, yeah, but <laughs> half of well, it, it also is very reminds me. It also reminds me of the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Although, okay, how about this? Can we add in possible UFO sightings? Oh. And possible secret U.S. military operations? Yeah, it's going to be a fabulous conspiracy week. What? What? Oh, it's it's going to be awesome. (laughs) All right. All right. So there you go. So Kate's putting a costume on our podcast next week. I (laughs) am. But at least it's going to be a Greek costume. Uh Uh-huh. Get your pan flutes ready. (laughs) Don't be like Bob. Don't be like Bob. I'm writing a note to Kim that she's going to need pan flutes next week. (laughs) Well, if you want to make sure you catch that episode, don't forget to add yourself to our social media scrolls on Instagram, the best, at Drunk Mythology Gals. On Twitter, at Drunk Myth Gals. On Facebook at Drunk Mythology Gals. By the way, yesterday, National Vodka Day, you know, as we're the day after we're recording. No, not yesterday. Day before yesterday. It just shows what kind of week this has already been for us. So yeah. And I was like posting, you know, on Facebook, like, look, guys, it's the end of the day. National Vodka Day. Shit. (laughs) I'm going to do a (laughs) do-over. I still need a do-over. Yeah. Uh, Facebook. Drunk Mythology Gals. There you go. Um, And we are launching our new website, drunkmythologygals.com 2.0. It's going to have a lot of like upgrades and actual more information and merch. Yes. We have merch. Yes. We have water bottles. We have tepid water bottles. (laughs) We have have coffee and rage mugs. Yeah. We have. Uh, oh, there's a nice little gem. Please don't spoil it. Make people go look at the, yeah. the merch no, for, I, for that gem. You have to see because basically it's got yeah. everything that you love or hate or just <laughs> drives you to drink about this podcast. Yeah, about, there's a little yeah. clothing item that's up there that is, yeah, it's, um, but we <laughs> will launch that. Hopefully, I, I would like to say we could launch that in the next two weeks. Does that yeah. sound reasonable, Kate? That sounds very reasonable. Just don't launch it at my head. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash drunk mythology gals. Hi, patrons. We love you. Thank you yeah. for dealing with us this week because right? we did the changeover. Yeah. Oh, and Patreon subscribers get a discount on merch. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> confused about any of this, or you got questions, you can send us an email drunkmythologygals at gmail.com. And, Jen, I'm just going to say, I think you should check the Gmail. 
Oh, wait. Have I not checked the Gmail? Uh, I think you should check the Gmail. Oh, crap. I'm writing it And note. while she's doing that, uh, I'm going to say thanks again to Sound Effects Kim for putting the top spin on our sound. And thanks to all of you for joining us. Please subscribe, leave a rating or review. Um, tell your friends and family about us, especially if they tend to write really long melodramatic emails that never get to the point. But the point is actually they just want something confirmation about because they did something and kind of have a guilty conscience. (laughs) And just remember, if the gods behave badly, then so can you. (laughs) 